This is Resonance 104.4 FM, flipping marvellous, as I'm sure you're aware. Uh, I'm Nick Hennigan, and welcome to another slice of literary London, uh, where we actually are going to sort of, well, we're staying in London, but we're, we're talking about New York, amongst other places. Um, yeah, we are. We're also as well in vision as well. Oh, if you're listening in stereo, you can probably see that. Uh, yes, we're in vision as well on bohemianbritain.com. Um, and it's a great pleasure to welcome Esme White. Hello, Esme. Hi, Nick. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. No, thanks for coming on. So, um, well, we have a bit of a history, don't we, really, when it comes down to yeah. <laughs> a history that... Known each other. <laughs> yeah, right, around, around a pub called the, the Raven uh, in Hammersmith. That's kind of where we first kind of got to know each other. Uh, but I'm, I'm fascinated with your kind of whole story because you're, uh, you're a, I would just sing a songwriter, really, I suppose. Would you yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and more exciting, you've got a single coming out. Hooray! I do, yeah. Woohoo, this Friday. And it's called Pearly Gate Crashers. And I think I heard a, a, a version of it a while ago. It's brilliant. So just tell us tell us a bit about the song, first of all. Yeah, um, the song is uh, basically, it's a story song about um, dying and going to heaven and realizing that God hasn't been letting anyone in for a very long time. And so it's kind of, it's meant to be sung by like the choir of characters who are like locked outside of heaven. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a general frustration song. I wrote it, I wrote it um, right as like a uh, lockdown was lifting for the last time. So like a year and a half ago, I think something like that. And um, wrote, I was, it kind of like just put a lot of my frustration about um, everything being stagnated into a song, which was like, yeah just a sort of story to express how frustrated i felt at the time so yeah, yeah it's it's a great premise <laughs> um and what so and we could tell from your accents to quote sting um you're not from these parts i'm yeah i'm an alien <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm a, I, I am a legal alien <laughs> yeah. i'm from i'm from new york city um born and bred uh but i've been over in london for the past four years or something like that, I think. I um, I did come over illegally at first, but then I, I liked it so much that I went back and got a uh, work visa. So, yeah. yeah. That's called coming for a holiday, I think, the first Yeah. Coming for a the holiday. First, well, I kind of I came here on a holiday and I thought it would be easier to get illegitimate work and it really wasn't, so. <laughs> <laughs> what attracted you to, I mean, was it just you thought, I'll go for a holiday and then, oh, blimey, this is interesting, because New York's a fairly, um, vibrant happening places yeah i well i kind of i felt quite claustrophobic there you know i i lived there my whole life and i knew like so many people there and i, I went to school for printmaking um like etching and stuff like that and i just knew too many people from that and also for my final um etching project for school um this my mom's ex-boyfriend um, is this printmaker named Morris Payne, and he's actually he's a master printmaker, and he's from Hammersmith, and he um, he offered for me to stay in his house for free after school in London. So that's kind of what promoted me to come over here. And plus, my dad is Canadian, so I could get a work visa through that. So that's it was kind of just like um, random, you know. Like I I didn't like have any attraction to London at first as a city, you know. Yeah, I suppose, and of course, printmaking is quite big around these parts, around West London. Or William, yeah, Martin. he had his place just down the road from uh, from where I am at the moment, as I'm saying, the 
the world corporate headquarters of the Maverick Theatre Company, yeah, or, or the broom cupboard, as it's known. Um, yeah, Hammers was quite, yes, it's, it's, that's interesting. And what, what sort of got you into the writing? Is, I mean, is that something you've always done, or were, you, were your parents particularly musical? Um, my, yeah, I was kind of like, I wasn't, I was not particularly musical, but my parents are both creative. They're like photographers, and um, I was always just like pushed to uh, follow like my creative instincts from a young age. Usually it was drawing, but I did, I got really into like stories, um, writing stories and stuff and poetry from a young age. Um, and I did a bit of singing in high school for like a, I was a like, I did like, I was in a punk band. It wasn't really anything uh, concrete though. Um, but when I came over to London, I think I, I basically, one of the first things I did when I came over here was buy a um, really old janky guitar. And I just started reteaching myself the limited kind of guitar that I knew and um, just playing around with melodies. I wasn't doing anything like concrete though until lockdown. Cause I think that really gave a lot of, like it gave a lot of people a time to reset and focus on um, passions that they weren't uh, even thinking about beforehand. So, yeah. Yeah, sometimes life can get in the way, really, can't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and, and you've actually started gigging as well. I mean, I say I, 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 I know this. So you, how did that come about? Um, that came about, I, I kind of just like practiced for a few months. Um, I started going to open mics and um, was lucky enough to get like really good encouragement from there's a great there's a really great musical community here um especially for like uh folk music and sort of acoustic acts um which i didn't i never found that in new york as much i think that's a lot more electronic or something like that um but there's a lot of really great songwriters over here and they're all really encouraging and like nurturing of new people um so yeah one of the like best places i've gone to is definitely um the spiritual bar in uh chalk farm because they had an open mic and I just did that even though, even though I think I was pretty bad at that one but um <laughs> um they've like really encouraged me to keep going in the past year so how important is that encouragement do you think in in early careers I mean because in the sense it's still relatively early for you isn't it I mean yeah how important is that encouragement and how, how do you think you would have done this if had your parents not particularly been artistic as a young woman yeah that, I I can't answer the second question because it's literally such a big part of my upbringing like my dad would like force me to draw like every day uh <laughs> stuff like that so he wasn't particularly he was very creative person but he kind of had a lot of pent up creativity i think like he was a house painter um so like he like with stuff like that so it's like i guess a creative parent who isn't able to do it themselves so they force their kid to do it <laughs> a little bit <laughs> um uh like yeah but in terms of the question about sort of getting encouragement from venues and stuff like that that's i think it's the most important thing because you get a sense of community and you get like a more comfortable place to um hone your craft in i think like and you're allowed to make mistakes and everyone makes mistakes and you just have to keep going keep trying uh harder I suppose, yes, it must take a certain amount of confidence, though, I guess, to, to yeah. take that first step, really, if, if you're a, so younger, a younger. I, yeah, I think I kind of just dissociated the first time. I was like, I'm just not going to think about it and just do it. Um, and uh, yeah, the, it's been um, it's been a really crazy good year, actually, um, thinking back on it. 
And then you went back to college, to university, to school. I did. Yeah, I did. I did that during lockdown, um, which so as soon as I finished that school course, that's when I started gigging. But I did. I went to ICMP for a year for a year long, like songwriting course. I don't know, like really how I got in because I didn't really have that much material when I started out. You know, they were all like fragmented songs, but luckily they let me in. And that was like the best thing I could have done, I think, for that like time when we were all doing nothing, you know. Um, so like, a, I was really lucky to have that kind of community too. Was it, I presume a lot of it was on online during the Oh God. Yeah. It was all, it was all online. It was like, it was like this. It was so weird. I, I don't think I've met half the people in my course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that experience actually at the Edinburgh Festival last year when I, two people who I, who I knew quite well from Zoom, I just realized they got legs. Oh, look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Um, it's happened I at the pub I work at a few times where, randomly there will be people who come in who are actually on my course and then we're both like how do i know you and yeah. it's like this moment of recognition where you like are like you sort of look like how i imagined you but not really <laughs> yeah you want to keep to look at them like that yeah <laughs> through, through the box and how, how do you uh, silly question because i am silly how do you learn songwriting how do they teach you songwriting um i don't know i don't think they'd really do i think you have to I think that I think you have the teachers you don't you don't it's like if you overthink it you can't really do it um I think they give you certain tools to um like free up if you're blocked creatively or something like that but it's really not a one-size-fits-all um kind of thing and it's silly if you like think about it if it in a one-size-fits-all thing because at the end of the day you have to go with your gut um even if it doesn't make sense in a kind of school book way it's like it's not an equation really um even though there are some people that think it is an equation like um i think certain like pop writers um literally think of it as like a science but i i can't really write like that because if i if i don't relate to what i'm talking about in the song like if it's not if it doesn't feel honest then i literally i can't finish it so and and what's your because we talked to lot, lots of writers on, on literary london as well what's your kind of um what's your writing process i mean yeah. My, um, usually I just have to get like a general feeling together where the words seem to flow with the music. It's just all about like feeling certain things. And once I like have a feeling I really like, then I can start mapping out a song almost with like storyboards. Um, that's for more complicated songs. Sometimes it'll just like come out um, pretty, pretty naturally. But I really like the process of like you have these kind of vague feelings and ideas and then you have to keep writing and writing and writing to get more and more specific to find the imagery you really like so that like the more specific you get with the imagery the more specific the song becomes and then the more honest it becomes so a lot of it feels like storyboarding or something i think i i, I love Im like good imagery a lot yeah and is it music first or or lyrics first how, how does it work for you um i think that they have to start together most of the time like they just have like the the melody has to fit with the words at the beginning or it's hard it's really difficult for me to write like a musical piece without lyrics i guess so maybe sometimes the lyrics are first actually because you can write things like poems and then try to figure out how to fit them with a certain melody yeah i was always it was a there's an acquaintance of us as who's, who's uh, setting up a new theater company without john 
and David Furnish. And of course, I always remember the Elton John and his. Oh, I mean, would you rather be Elton John or Bernie Taupin? You know, I, yeah. I think I'd probably be Bernie Taupin because he'd write the words and then give yeah. words to Elton John, and Elton John would then add these incredible. Yeah. Melodies. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's all it all changes so much depending on how you're feeling and everything, you know, like sometimes sometimes you need to do exactly the opposite of what you're doing because you'll get stuck in the same ways and then it just becomes boring. And so, how do you do, yeah. do you do you record all the songs or are you writing them longhand or do you use a computer? Um, That's always the so novel writers always I always get lots of emails from people saying, ask them what program they use. <laughs> <laughs> um I really like carrying around a journal. Um like I have one right here. Love I love like a a good journal to to kind of collect ideas, like going out people watching or something like that. I like to write longhand, but when I'm actually honing in on a specific idea in a song, um, I find it a lot easier to get like a Google Doc open and type it because you just can flow with your own ideas more. Um, it'd be like, I don't know, I've never tried a typewriter. I think that would be, I think that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to remember oh, yeah. typewriters actually, and they're not that cool really. <laughs> you know? And when you make a mistake, you know, you have to put that <laughs> white touch paper in it. No, no. Although I do, I love the fact that, you know, the American actor Tom Hanks has actually got a program. I think I've got it over there on my oh. iPad. He's got a program that actually replicates the sound. Oh, right. <laughs> which isn't very good if you're trying to write in pubs, which I tend to do quite a lot. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> he's gone to that sort of antique typewriter sound as well. Yeah. And I, I suppose, you know, because it's fairly early in, you know, in your, in your career. Is it, how have you found, what, what's the attraction for you? Is it the writing or is it the performing? Um... Both. I find I find writing really satisfying when you do something that you know that you feel good about. Otherwise, it's fucking terrible writing. Like, um, it can be such a if you're not if you're not flowing right, it can be really um annoying. I find performing really exhilarating though, and it kind of like I think I mean it's obviously got like a lot of therapeutic uh kind of uses singing and performing and it, it makes parts of your brain work um pushes adrenaline forward that you don't usually use um and i think yeah that's why i think everyone in society has like a capacity to be, to be creative and do stuff like that and it's it big it's good for your mental health so like performing is definitely a big part of it Yes, yeah, so sorry about the naughty word that slipped out there. You said flipping, didn't you? I think yes, flipping, like flipping. So flipping. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you heard it very differently, I apologise for that. We, it's a radio station before the before the before the which call it the watershed. Um, so uh, I'm Nick Hannigan. This is um, Literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm talking to uh, Esme White, who's a singer songwriter. She's got a new song which will be out by the time you hear this, I think, called Pearly Gate Crashes. What was the process like? Of recording it how did that come about recording pearly gate crashers um i was lucky enough to use the recording studio above spiritual records um in chalk farm and jack treble um engineered it for me and that was actually really easy to record um because i already had a demo um that i recorded on my computer so we just followed that basic blueprint and it's really it's a simple song musically it's only got a few chords and it's it is a lot about the lyrics and the um melodies so there wasn't any overproduction of it but we added like some slide guitar and some backing vocals to it too which was um, amazing 
and and how much is technology well that's just a difficult question to ask because you're still like a young, a young woman without being aged. yeah how much does technology i always remember i think there's a band called apache indian back in the 80s and they had a number one with was it spaceman i can't remember now but the 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 kind of whole uh, narrative around that song it was a really good song was that he'd recorded it on his own in his bedroom multi-tracking on a computer and that was radical what 20 years ago yeah 30 years ago i guess because you've grown up with it i guess does, does technology play a part in the creation uh it does with it makes me feel more finished about a song if i can record a little demo on my computer even if it's not perfect it gives you it gives you can figure out certain tones and textures that you would like to come through in it and it's because I think our, our worlds right now with music, we, we hear most music in a non-live setting. So it is kind of essential to have those recorded versions of songs uh, just because our brains are so ingrained to listen to music in that way right now. I know as well, you were talking about the, the therapeutic side of, of songwriting as well, because there's a, there's a lot of, without getting too political, there's a lot of talk at the moment about, you know, uh, art being cut in schools. Uh, and art education being cut in schools. I presume that's not something you think is a particularly good idea. No, no, that's that's awful. I think everyone needs creative juices, no matter what profession you're in. Like, creative thinking uh, keeps people interested in being alive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, now I sort of did slightly warn you, but yes. you've got your guitar there. I do. So can, you do what, what, can, you do a, can you do something for us so we can see you in action? And what's the guitar as well? I actually, I think I know the answer to this. It's a, it's a Takamine. Yeah, and you like that particular. It's, yeah, it's a Takamine, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it really. Um, New Yorker, it's um, my first guitar over here, basically. I Like when I started gigging over here, I didn't actually have a... Um, I didn't have a guitar, uh, so this was a, a emergency buy <laughs> last year. Well, and what are you going to do for us? Now? Maybe I'll, I'll do the. Should I do the single? I'll do sure. a version of it. Yeah, I'll try. I'll do that now. And okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute it. myself as well, so I don't. Uh, okay. I Let me know. Yeah. Let me know how the sound is, because I'm I'm doing it through the microphone, so we, I don't want it to be too loud or anything. Like. Yeah. Is that too um that's okay. loud? No, that's, I think that's fine. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, I'll I'll go back a little bit so we don't. All right. So we're here on <laughs> this is uh, this is an impromptu performance. I did it with the Hot House Flowers once, sat around a microphone in a radio studio. They just come from BBC Radio Two, where they'd had seventeen engineers and a hundred mics, and it worked. It worked really well. So uh, if you're uh, listening on uh, Resonance one hundred four point four FM, you're about to hear Esme White performing, and if you're watching us on. Uh, uh, bohemianbritain.com or on YouTube here is Esme take it away baby <laughs> Died one night quite peacefully, oh, lying in my sleep. I prayed the Lord, the Lordy Lord, I prayed the Lord my soul to keep. I wandered through the clouds, and much to my surprise, I saw before the pearly gates some marble souls with wild eyes, booze hounds and housewives, some rich and some poor, a tea party of vagrants, so knocking at the door, like knock, knock, knock. Knocking at the door, oh, knock, knock, knock. Knocking at the door, and there he is, there he is, 
God in all his glory Sitting on his throne of our broken human stories There he is, and he says I'm not letting you in your race of broken cages Filled with shame and sin And all the old ladies sing If you don't let me into heaven I'll just burn it down Cause I've done my time in hell, yeah If you don't let pretty souls who work the life night and day only to pray their way into a place where God sells hope oh, go to hell I wish you well I wish you well but go to hell I wish you well side door I saw many suited snakes making shady deals with angels to get into the pearly gates and there is there is God in all his glory sitting on his throne of our broken human stories there is hiding in his castle who has the nerve to create life and then call it a hassle and all the old ladies sing if you don't let me Well done, that's fantastic. That's going to be that's going to be the most basic uh, recording of that song that, uh, that that anyone's going to hear. That was brilliant. Esby White singing "Purdy Gate Crashers" live, as twere, on the uh, on the old Zoom call. Actually, it's a, not a bad quality, not a bad quality song. Um, so you're going to release this. What's the plan next? And I mean, I, I, being an old dinosaur, I remember <laughs> days when you know you'd sell millions of records and make whole loads of money and that doesn't seem to be the case now so yeah this will be released what what's your level of uh how would you measure its success and is that important how does that work i'm not sure i've never actually self-released any uh music so it's it's all new to me too i guess i'm just um hoping that uh, a few people uh resonate with the lyrics um like if if anyone Make, if it makes anyone feel anything inside of them, I consider that a success. Um, so I'm not I'm not thinking too much about kind of world domination or anything like that. <laughs> um, and yeah, hopefully it, I'll get to like just keep performing um, in the next few months. And I'm also like recording. I'm trying to record an EP right now, so I'll release that afterwards. Yeah, and it's and uh, so and it's not it's not a physical record anymore. It's a download, presumably. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's everything's online. Spotify, Apple Music, and all that stuff. 
we're actually on Spotify as well. So say hello, Spotify. Did you hear hello, that, Spotify? Spotify. We're on. We're on. <laughs> yeah, that's you know. I'm, I'm still looking for the seventy. <laughs> and, and so, and what about you? you presumably, you'll you'll continue gigging. How, how's how's that yeah. sort of things going? Um, yeah, the gigging is going great. Um, I hopefully I'm gonna start uh, doing stuff with the band soon, uh, just because it it like having a a kick beat or something like that really does serve the song a lot. Um, but keep gigging. Uh, just keep on working. I'm kind of new to like all this like uh, vocal technique and stuff like that. So a lot of it is just keep practicing, um, keep trying to get better. Yes. Any, any plans to perform back in New York? If I go back soon, yeah, I would love to. Um, I'd love to perform in New York, New Orleans, uh, all across America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I should I should uh, book some. I want to try. Actually, I do want to try to book um, since we are so close to everything over here like try playing like scotland or um france or any like all the anywhere nearby you know yeah the, the it's a slightly different scene over mind you at the moment we won't get yeah again since the eu i have to yeah the EU, it's a bit difficult but no i mean that's that's kind of a good thing to do and are you still performing at chalk farm you, yeah you... yeah i'm performing there tomorrow actually <laughs> <laughs> is that a regular thing can people see you there at any particular time or is it yeah it, it's it's a different day but i do play there most weeks um it just depends when Raph books me and what was uh, the club called again it's called spiritual bar it's um on Ferdinand Street. Yeah. They've got, they've got really a lot of really great talented um musicians in there. So I'd highly recommend it if you're looking for like a songwriting circle night out. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And you'll be there as well. And if anyone wants to know any more, how can they find out more about Esme White? Um, right now my main apparatus for social stuff is is Instagram. So um, it's E-S-M-E-W-H-I-T-E underscore. And that's my Instagram. And soon my Spotify is going to go live. So that'll be cool. And where can, where can, if anyone wants to download the song, that would be? That'll be on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. It'd be, it, it, it's going through pretty much everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Brilliant. And so yeah. And what, what about the, what about the, um, Excuse me, I think my emails just kicked on again. <laughs> Be quiet. So, what does the what does the immediate future hold then? Presumably, you're going to carry on working. You... Yeah, I carry on working, keep writing. Uh, right now, I think my biggest goal is to finish recording, uh, like some follow up singles or an EP, which I've started doing, uh, just to get more music out there, and then apply to play at festivals and stuff next year. Yeah, I was going to suggest that the, the yes, because the festivals are quite—they've got some uh, quite yeah. interesting opportunities there, aren't they? I think. And there's a they solo. Do. That ever... There's a what? As a solo performer. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. play with a band. You know, you don't. They've got a lot of great. Like, I've, I've, just, I'm still new to all this stuff, but there, it seems like there's a great, um, kind of emerging artist sort of stages at a lot of even big festivals like Glastonbury and stuff like that. Um, but there's so many small festivals around here too that are good for like folk and Americana. So that's like really exciting. Yeah. Oh, well, I wish you all the luck. We've almost run out of time. I can't believe it. So when are you going, when are you going back to the States? Your mom's still in America, is she? She's still in New York. Yeah, my mom's in, my mom's in New York. She's in Harlem. I haven't planned anything. Hopefully I'll go back. I'm actually planning, I want to go to New Orleans in February. So because 
I want to go somewhere warm. <laughs> I've got some, and I've got loads of family friends down there. Um, uh, and the music's great there. So I'm going to try and go to New Orleans in February. That's my next, maybe I'll meet my mom there. Yeah, it's not when's Mardi Gras not when does that it's not February. It's it's close by there, yeah. It's February, March. Um maybe I'll go for Mar I've never been to Mardi Gras there. I've been to um like a crew de vue thing, but I've never been to yeah, I've been to Carnival there, but I've never been to Mardi Gras actually. Yeah. Oh that'll be fun. I mean I, no, I've never been either. I think I <laughs> nearest I've got was Tennessee, I think, something like that. But oh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Isn't thank you, you so much. The single's called Pearly Gate Crashers. Esme White, that is your that is your name, is it your professional yes. name? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> You're like, what's your name? <laughs> <Yeah. Cool. laughs> so, available on all good platforms. Um, thanks so much for your time. I shall perhaps see you later on for the wee point. I'm not yes. <laughs> that is the connection at the start, actually. We do, yeah, yeah. We I, I know that I know the pub very well. <laughs> yes. So and I hope it goes really well. And we'll have to do it again when you've got the EP sorted. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Coming come in and have another chat so thank you for your company uh that's all we've got time for this time but i'll see you next time thank on bohemianbritain.com and on youtube thank you very much Esme. this Thanks, is uh, literary london on resonance 104.4 fm <laughs>